and welcome to Reasoning Together with Dan and Amy Perkins. My name is Dan. I'm here with my beautiful wife, Amy, and uh, this is our second episode. Uh, A lot has happened since our first episode. Uh, We were in the middle of a transition. We were moving our family from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, down to Knoxville, Tennessee, and we are officially in Knoxville. Uh, We were doing that so that I could become the pastor at a wonderful church down here in Knoxville, and uh, we've been down here probably for about four weeks now, right? About that. Yeah. And so we, uh, you know, we've been unpacking and getting, um, you know, kids enrolled in school and getting used to it down here and just uh, trying to get situated as much as possible. And so um, that's just a quick update on us and what's been going on in our lives. And, uh, you know, it's been a a wild journey, but uh, we are getting settled in here now. So um, we're going to be releasing some more podcasts. But uh, today's episode, uh, is really on a topic that everybody loves to talk about, um, which is suffering. This is going to be a three-part series, um, and today we're going to be talking about the two traps that I, uh, we believe that you can fall into when discussing or thinking about suffering. And um, the next episode will be on the three different types of suffering, suffering in God's will and suffering for sin and consequences and uh, just the general suffering that people go through, um, whether you're a believer or not, um, in a in a fallen world. And then uh, wrapping up on the third part will be on the purpose of suffering. And so, um, you know, be looking out for that. If, if that's something that, you know, could possibly interest you, why don't you go ahead and click the subscribe button. Uh, but if uh, let's just go ahead and Amy, let's just jump right into it. Why don't you tell us about the first trap that we can really fall into here when we're talking about suffering? Yeah, so I think the first trap, you know, we could fall into is, you know, there's two different views out there in the church, um, really two extremes, it seems like. One is that, you know, you should never, ever suffer. And the other one being, you know, that God wants you to suffer all the time. And so the first one we're going to talk about is this view that you should never suffer or that God would not want you to ever suffer. And Mm -hmm. if you are suffering, it's the enemy or, you know, maybe you don't have enough faith or there's some kind of sin in your life. And these are the things that are out there and being told to people. And I think it's very... um, I think it's very devastating to people's faith. I know it has been to mine in the past, um, Mm -hmm. being told that, you know, you should not suffer as a believer. Right. Well, you were in a church that that taught that for a while when you first became a Christian, right? Yeah, I was. Um, The first church I ever went to when I got saved uh, taught this. And, you know, they fell a lot along the lines of, like, the prosperity gospel Mm -hmm. or, like, the Word of Faith movement. And... um, it really was harmful to my faith because I was being told these things. I was being told like, you know, if I have faith, I should be prospering financially, you know, but I wasn't, Mm -hmm. you know, I was always broke. And so that was, you know, hard, like hearing that. And then it became, well, maybe I don't have enough faith or maybe I'm not giving enough, or maybe there's some kind of sin in my life as to why I'm not receiving what I'm being told I should be receiving. Mm -hmm. Um, or they would say, you know, you shouldn't get sick. It's not in God's will for you ever to be sick. You should be healed. This is what Jesus died for. And so, you know, but I would get pretty sick sometimes and just common things, but I would get sick. And I, so then I would think, well, there might there must be some kind of sin in my life or mm-hmm. I don't have enough faith, you know. And so it really caused me to doubt um, God. It caused me to doubt my salvation. It caused me to doubt my faith. And it caused a lot of confusion for me. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it seems like it, that would, that would, you know, hearing that all the time and then, you know, going through some of that, like, you know, you as a single girl, you know, working two jobs and you're broke, but you're hearing that you should be prospering and you should be, um, you know, financially blessed. And, you know, if, if not, then that's your fault. But, you know, that can cause like like an, a dis- disillusionment with with your faith, you know, from what you're being told and what, what you're hearing um, mm-hmm. and what you're actually experiencing. And then, you know, take take that. And then when you actually read the Bible, you know, it, it, it can all get pretty confusing. Yeah, it did. Because, I mean, I did read the Bible before I got into church. I read through the New Testament once, but I only read through it once. And so I wasn't all that familiar with it. And so they would give scriptures that I remember reading but they would explain them in a way that, you know, I I was like, oh, that's what that means. And But I wasn't experiencing that, yeah. you know. And so it just, it really caused me to think there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with my faith. But I knew that God had saved me. I knew that I had been completely changed, you know, but I'm hearing, but there's something wrong with my faith. And so it just became so confusing because... I wasn't experiencing that. And then I did read passages about suffering and things. Mm-hmm. And so it just, as a new believer, it was very um, confusing. It was hard to understand. And it actually caused me to backslide because I didn't know what to believe anymore. I didn't know what was right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, 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 it can be attractive, though, to hear those types, types of things. Right. I mean, it can be it can be attractive for people, you know, especially in, when you live in, in, in America, 21st century America. You know, it's, you know, we do live in a pretty prosperous place, but um, it, it, it can be really attractive for people to to want to hear those types of things because it really appeals, I think, to our flesh. Right. Mm hmm. And I remember being in the church services and you always felt like really great when you were in there. Right. But I remember like one time specifically before I even got out the door, I felt like the drop in my spirit. Mm. And so it was like, and I was like, what just happened? You know, but it's like when you're in there, you get all like hyped up, you know, it's this great positive thing and everybody feels really great. But when you go out, you experience reality, you experience Mm -hmm. something different things aren't always great and things aren't always prospering. (laughs) Sometimes you do suffer. And so it just really wasn't a reality and Mm -hmm. it's really not biblical. Right. You know, when I read the Bible, I, I see a lot of suffering actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, do you, in order to hold to this extreme view, um, you, you really got to throw out a lot of the Bible. You know, you got to th- mm-hmm. throw out even a, a lot of the New Testament. I mean, Paul over and over and over again talks about sharing in the sufferings of Christ mm-hmm. and, and sharing in his sufferings. And, um, you know, it really goes to like people wanting the full uh, benefits of their salvation here and now instead of later in the new creation, right? But that's what it does. It causes you to put your hope in the here and now rather than in the resurrection, which is what the Bible teaches us our hope is in. Right. You know, it causes us to have hope that God is always going to perform a miracle for us here and work everything out for us here. And then when you put your hope in that, though, then your hope is always subject to being crushed because... It, that's not reality. The reality is, is we do get, we do suffer here. Mm-hmm. And so when your hope is on the here and now, your hope can constantly be crushed and there's nothing to sustain you. You're back and forth, back and forth all the time. But if we put our hope in what the Bible teaches us to put it in, and that is in the resurrection, mm-hmm. then that's a solid 
hope. That's something that we can look forward to, that regardless of what goes on here, we can have an anchor, you know, inside for right. real that's hope. A, that, that secures us now. The future hope secures us now and allows us to go through the trial. It allows us to go through the suffering or the tribulation. Whatever whatever we're going through, it allows us to go through that and right. be victorious through that, right? Like we can live victoriously through it, but does, that doesn't mean that we're not going to go through it and that we're not going to experience it. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that's what Paul is, is talking about all the time. I mean, I'm reminded in Philippians uh, chapter 3, verses 10, where he says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may obtain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. And that, that's what it reminds me of. Like Paul is saying, like, I don't, I, I don't have that. I'm not perfect here yet. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And we're not going to be perfect on this side, but we have, but we press on um, knowing that we have that hope of the resurrection to come. Like people want to have that full, the full benefits of their salvation, but that's just not the case. Like that's misplacing, um, you know, scripture. It's, it's misinterpreting it really. Yeah. It's not what it teaches. I mean, mm-hmm. Peter says, you know, God has given us, you know, this great mercy and this living hope through the resurrection. I mean, if you just read the New Testament, you know what I mean? You'll see over and over and over again that our hope is in the resurrection. It's never in this life. It's not that we can't ever hope for anything in this life or that God does never, you know, God never wants to give us good things or have good things happen. But like if you read it over and over again, I see the theme all throughout that our hope is to be set on the resurrection. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, because there is coming a time, there is coming a day, right? Well, when, when God will create, you know, the new heavens and the new earth, and we will be resurrected and our uh, new glorious bodies will, where we'll be made like Christ. But that's, you know, to come, that's not now. Like we have the benefits, some benefits of the salvation experience. We're, we're taking part in the new creation by becoming new creatures, but we don't have the full, um, extent of that yet, you know, because there is coming a day where Jesus says he will wipe away every tear, where there will be no more sickness, there will be no more death, there will be no more suffering, uh, there will be no more sin. Um, but that's to come. That's not now. Right. And so um, I really do think that, you know, in order to hold to this extreme view that you really do have to throw away the uh, most of the New Testament, most of the Bible, really. I mean, if you, you just read First Peter, that whole you know, that whole book really dives into it and talks about it a lot. Right. So just as you were saying that, I was thinking about this in First Peter chapter 1, where it talks about this inheritance mm-hmm. that we're going to get. So um, it says, In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. So we're going to be getting this inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. But here, things mm-hmm. perish, spoil, and fade, right? Like right. nothing here lasts forever. Including our bodies. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so it's something that we look forward to. It's something that we anticipate, and that allows us to persevere here on mm-hmm. earth. Um, but we are to look forward to, I mean, thinking about Hebrews 11, I mean, 
you know, there's some powerful things that are happening in Hebrews 11. Yeah, I mean, Hebrews 11 is all on the heroes of the faith. And part of that chapter, you know, describes people who were, who did have like very, who were very victorious here, you know, who had their loved ones brought back from the dead and shut the mouths of lions and all these things. But then right underneath that, there's people who were sawed in half right, and who were tortured, tortured for their faith. And, you know what I mean? And so, but they were all listed in the heroes of the faith. Mm-hmm. They weren't considered, they weren't told you suffered this way because you didn't have enough faith. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? They were listed they as they, because they had faith. Right. And it says that they were looking forward to their heavenly home, that they looked forward to something so much greater than this life. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and it just goes even to the words of Jesus. He says, in this life, you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And he says, you know, John says that, you know, Christ Jesus came into the world, but the world did not recognize him. And, and Jesus said, if the world, um, you know, the world hated me first, it's going to hate you as well, too. So there's going to be persecution. There's going to be trials. There's going to be suffering. There's going to be these types of things that happen to us. And, you know, um, but we have that future hope that allows us to persevere here and now. And so, and so that's like really, you know, the one trap that we can get and fall into the one extreme that we can fall into. But the other extreme really is, you know, that all, all following Christ is, is suffering and all following Christ is, is like, you know, hardship. And, you know, if you're not picking up your cross and if you're not miserable and if you don't have a scowl on your face, then you're You're really not saved. You're not (laughs) saved. And, you know, you're not, you're not holy. And these types of things like, you know, we've, we've equated holiness with miserableness and the more miserable you Mm -hmm. are, that must mean the more holy you are. And, you know, those types of things. And that's really a a, a huge error that we can fall into just as, just as dangerous Mm-hmm. to people's faith as as the other extreme, right? I mean, because that's really, you know, one of the biggest things is one, it, it's a mischaracterization of God, right? Like it, it, that's not the character of God. Like God's not up there just, you know, he, he's not more happy the more miserable the more you are. Yeah, the more, it, that's, not, that's not God. That's not who he is. He is a loving father. He does care for us. It, you know, we are his kids. Like, you know, when we're born again into the family of God, he's our father and we're, we're his children. Um, and he does want to see good things happen for us. It says that he works all things out for the good of those who are called according mm-hmm. to his purpose, right? It really does distort the character of God when we say that uh, all following Christ is is miserable, you know, suffering and heartache and things like that, you know, and it's really like a a misinterpretation of scripture as well, too. We take these passages that do talk about uh, suffering or picking up our cross or, you know, uh, crucifying the flesh and things like that, and we hold those up as as that's the pinnacle of following Jesus. And Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? Why do you think we do that sometimes? Well, I think it's because, you know, a lot of us are probably codependent, right? <laughs> and so and so we we find that's where we find our identity and everything like that. And so we we really do try to um, you know, take those passages and apply it to every situation. Um So it could be like our own, you know, background or our own, you know, mess kind of Right. Yeah. It's just a misinterpretation of it. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, because it takes out the fact that, you know, following Jesus is full of joy and we do have life and we do become rivers of living water. And we do have, you know, just, you know, immense joy and pleasure. There's nothing like the Bible doesn't speak ill about, you know, pleasure as if it's like, 
you know, just pleasure for pleasure's sake is, is wrong. It's not. Like, God wants you to enjoy the things that he's given you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really like what John Piper says. He says that, like, God gets the most glory when we're most satisfied in him. You know what I mean? Like, there really does come a satisfaction of being in Christ and having salvation and, and partaking in that. And so, um, you know, there's all this... There's all this junk that we have, right, that when we come mm-hmm. to Scripture, when we, you know, we try to read into Scripture. Maybe like what suits us right. or our beliefs or what, you know, maybe we've always known. Right. And so and so there's there's a lot of that. So it's a misinterpretation. And um, really, like one one of the most damaging things from it is it, it affects our witness. You know, when we're just yeah. <laughs> who wants to follow this God? Yeah, like, <laughs> He's always like miserable. I'm miserable. Pick, you know, let's <laughs> come with me and let's be miserable together, right? Like misery loves company, and so um, nobody wants nobody wants that. You yeah. know what I mean? Christians really should be the most joyful Christians, even when we do experience trials. Like um, James says, count it all joy when you go through various trials. Right. So just being unhappy and just being miserable, it, it doesn't serve a, a good purpose either. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Because even in holiness, there's joy that comes from that. Right. There's I, joy in being made more like Christ. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so and so I think the two traps, you know, are both damaging. And I think we, we need to avoid both of them equally. Yeah. Um, and and really like you know come together and say okay there's there are scriptures that say that you know there is suffering for a believer mm-hmm. there is trials that we go through but that's not all you know what I mean it, there like, is other scriptures there there is other scriptures like it, it, both things can be true at the same time mm-hmm. you know so and and I think what we do is we we place these false dichotomies where it has to be all one or all the other. You know, like the the road to joy is often marked with suffering, mm-hmm. right? And, but that doesn't take it the fact away that that there's both. Right. It seems like we like to, as Christians, you know, pick a camp to right. be in. We try to be in All one extreme yes. or the other with everything. It seems everything. like you know, and it's like we have to pick a side. Right. But me personally, just from walking with God and even what I see in the scriptures, you know, throughout, but just from my personal walk with him, what I've always found is God is usually somewhere in the middle. Yeah. You know, he's not one extreme or the other, you know, he's Mm -hmm. the lion and the lamb. He's truth and grace. Right. He's one and three. You you know what I mean? (laughs) So Trinity, right? Like, and I don't know if it makes us feel better to pick a side because then it's like we know like what to believe or we know how God is going to be or something like that. But I've always found him to be in the middle. And, you know, one of the things with with the one extreme one, you know, pastors or preachers fall into that camp where, uh, you know, if you're if you're not miserable, if you're not suffering, if you're not going through a trial, then you're not a Christian. It's just, you know, that's just so devoid of any sort of compassion or sympathy or empathy. And it really does like lay a great burden on people. Like, it puts a burden on people that we're not meant to bear. Like, Jesus said, my, my yoke is easy, and my mm. burden is light. It'd be really hard to serve God with joy when, you know, you believe that all he's called you to is just a life of suffering and nothing else. Yeah, and, and then it really becomes, like, you know, very legalistic, very mm. rule-based. Like, I have to do X, Y, and Z in order for God to be happy with me or for him to be pleased with me. 
you know, and it really removes God's grace, you know, mm-hmm. and just and the liberty we have in Christ, the freedom the that we have, you know, and so like we've been given the Holy Spirit, right? Like, you know, that should bring be- life. Yeah, we've become we have become new creations, and we're partaking in that now, and. You know, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and so we do have that. Jesus says, those who believe in me will become rivers of living water. Out of, out of them should flow rivers of living water, so, they, so we should have these things. And so, you know, I just think we just need to avoid those two extremes, saying it's all, you know, putting our chips all in one, one or the other, because it's not like that, and most of the times it's not. Like, like there's simultaneously, both things can be true. Mm-hmm. And so I think we really need to to remember that as we go further into these conversations that, yes, there are sufferings. Yes, there are trials. Yes, sometimes we do get sick. And, you know, sometimes those things happen. But at the same time, we have this future hope that anchors and secures us now and that we can have joy now. We can experience freedom now. We we do have liberty, right? We have mm-hmm. that. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. And so those both those things are true at the same time. And so um, this is our conversation. Uh, this is uh, the two traps that Amy and I feel like we that you can fall into, the two extremes, the two ditches. Um, and so as we continue these conversations, we're going to do our best to make sure that we avoid those. And, and next time we are going to be talking about what it, what it means to be suffering uh, while in God's will, um, what it looks like to suffer because of bad choices, consequences, or sin, and just looking at general suffering that people go through, no matter if you're a believer or not, just because we do live in a fallen world. Um, and then the third episode will be on the purpose of suffering. And is there a purpose of suffering? And, you know, is there is there something good that can come from it? And so if that's something that interests you, why don't you go ahead and click the subscribe button. Until then, this is Amy and I inviting you into our conversations to sit at our kitchen table and come along with us as we reason together from the scriptures.